Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hi, friends. This is Kelly with Wishful Drinking and Binge Thinking, the podcast where I get just absolutely hammered and I dole out psychological advice. That's right, I am going to be more drunk than that girl you met in the bar bathroom after your karaoke set who said, you have such good stage presence, oh my god. That's right, zero preparation, multiple drinks, countless profound gems. Tune in the last Monday of every month on Fearscape Media Network. Ghosts in the Attic's Bodies in the Basements may contain graphic, violent, vulgar, or explicit content not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. bodies in the basement it's Lindsay. if you are in the united states and celebrate i hope you all had a lovely thanksgiving with tons of delicious food and hopefully no family drama we keep thanksgiving pretty small these days like at our house because we're just so far away from most of our family hosting kind of fell into our lap a few years ago when we were in the midst of going through all of the foster care stuff with with my youngest child because there's so many rules about going so many miles away and for how long and stuff like that and so we ended up just staying home and offered for people to come to us and so since then a few of my in-laws come out and uh, we do always end up offering like to local people because a lot of people out here are out here for their jobs and kind of similar to military life and so they don't always have a place to go so but overall we never really have very many people here thankfully because that would just be a lot but If you're also in the United States and listening to this episode the day that it drops, you're also aware that today is Black Friday. Personally, I never go out Black Friday shopping. Um, I think back in 2012, Anna and I actually went to Toys R Us. Yes, Toys R Us. I know, a long time ago. um, We went for Black Friday shopping. I I think it may have even been like still on Thanksgiving Day, which that's a whole other issue that a lot of stores are getting better about but anyways it was just so lackluster I expected to find all of these steals and really there was nothing that I really wanted or needed that was on sale so yeah I got like one present I don't even think it was on sale it was just what I wanted to get for my my daughter and that was that. So yeah, I've never really been sold on Black Friday. I already hate crowds. I already hate going into stores, except for like on the off chance that I get like 
a real hankering to go shopping. And so I've never been big on Black Friday. I don't like the idea of having to get up super early specifically to go into a crowd. Yeah, no thanks. Well, wait, actually, I did do Black Friday once a few years ago, but it was only for a specific item. Uh, I had wanted to replace our old, like, smaller Christmas tree with a bigger one because the house that we lived in at the time and even the house we live in now, like, it had higher ceilings. And so I felt like it was just time to get a bigger tree. And when I was going through the ad inserts that come out around Black Friday, I found this deal of a deal on a bigger tree. It was pre-lit and everything. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go and get this one item. And you may remember a second ago, I said, I don't like the idea of getting up early. So yeah, that year when my alarm went off to get up at like, before dawn, I don't even remember what time, like 4 a.m. or something, uh, <laughs> I dreamed that I got up and went and got the Christmas tree. And so, obviously, when I woke up, not too much after the fact, but still not when I planned to get up, I realized it was a dream, and I was, like, so mad at myself. And so I had to, like, jump out of bed and rushed out the door to get to Home Depot, and they were out of the tree. I remember seeing one and as I was walking over towards it, somebody else grabbed it. And I'm not about to be one of those people and, like, get in a fight over a Christmas tree. And so I left defeated. And at the time, we lived in Fort Worth, Texas, which is a bigger city. So there was a lot of options of where to go. And so, but I didn't want to drive all over town. And so I, I ended up going to a Starbucks and got myself some coffee. And I sat in the parking lot and called the other Home Depots near me until I found one that had them still and when I finally found one I drove there and I walked inside and they actually already had these carts preloaded with this specific tree so I guess it had been like a hot commodity and so that made it really easy for me and so I got my tree and I went home and that is like the craziest of Black Fridays I personally have experienced because I try my best to avoid them. And thankfully, I've never really had to experience Black Friday on the retail side, which I cannot even imagine. Bless all of you retail workers. You are amazing. Because um, back when I worked at the movie theater, obviously movie release dates were big, not Black Friday specifically. And then when I worked at Party City, the week of Halloween was the equivalent of Black Friday, which, I mean, it's its own type of hell. Don't get me wrong. And anyone who's worked at Party City can vouch and agree with me on that. But it's not the same thing as what you see primarily about Black Friday. And honestly, I feel like Black Friday has calmed down quite a bit thanks to the rising technology making online shopping so much easier. It seems like a lot more stores do week-long deals, more so than like doorbusters that are literal show up as soon as you walk in the door type things. But my husband disagrees with me, so maybe it's just my experience from my little I don't go Black Friday shopping bubble. But his disagreement made me want to look into it more for for this episode of the podcast because obviously big crowds, heightened stress, it's gonna lead to something, right? Like we we just all know that there's been some crazy situations on this massive real retail quote unquote holiday. So before we can even get into anything, how did Black Friday come to be? I had always personally heard 
that it was the day that retailers went from being like quote in the red to making profits and thus being in the black. But that was apparently a purposeful misconception to draw away from the actual history. And according to History.com, the real history behind Black Friday, however, is not as sunny as retailers might have you believe. Back in the 1950s, police in the city of Philadelphia used the term to describe the chaos that ensued on the day after Thanksgiving when hordes of suburban shoppers and tourists flooded into the city in advance of the big Army-Navy football game held on the Saturday every year. Not only were Philly cops not able to take the day off, but they had to work extra long shifts dealing with the additional crowds and traffic. Shoplifters also took advantage of the Bedlam in stores and made off with merchandise, adding to the law enforcement headache. By 1961, Black Friday had caught on in Philadelphia to the extent that the city's merchants and boosters tried unsuccessfully to change it to Big Friday in order to remove the negative connotations. The term didn't spread to the rest of the country until much later, however, and as recently as 1985, it wasn't common use nationwide. Sometime in the late 1980s, however, retailers found a way to reinvent Black Friday and turn it into something that reflected positively, rather than negatively, on them and their customers. The result was red-to-black concept of the holiday mentioned earlier, and the notion that the day after Thanksgiving marked the occasion when America's stores finally turned a profit. The Black Friday story stuck, and pretty soon the terms darker roots of Philadelphia were largely forgotten. Since then, the one-day sales bonanza has morphed into a four-day event, spawned other retail holidays such as Small Business Saturday and Sunday, Cyber Monday. Stores started opening earlier and earlier on that Friday, and now the most dedicated shoppers can head out right after their Thanksgiving meal. Which, that's the end of the history.com spiel. You can read more on that in the link in the show notes but as i said a lot more retailers are getting more about closing for actual thanksgiving which is how it should be like let us have one day off come on but anyways um so of course we do know because you always hear every year there are horrible things that happen on black friday and I found this list on Ranker that goes over some of those horrible things, and they are heinous and violent, and I think it goes without saying, I do want to give a warning before proceeding because it is disturbing, but I share it here so that way, I, I don't know, bring awareness to the fact and why, and explain why I personally am not a huge fan of the of Black Friday, and yeah, maybe we can work to make the world a better place by knowing that these horrible things have happened and work to prevent more things like this from happening. And so to move along, this is all off of Ranker, and the link will be in the show notes. I will probably not read all of them. But yeah, let's move along. The list starts with a 2011 incident in West Virginia. Walter Vance was shopping at a West Virginia Target store during the Black Friday when he collapsed. The 61-year-old pharmacist had already been dealing with a heart condition, and the chaos of Black Friday did not help. When he fell to the ground, countless customers did absolutely nothing. In fact, they walked around him on their way to find bargains. Vance was brought to the hospital later where he passed. And before I even move along... Can we just talk about the bystander effect or whatever it's called where everyone just ignores a horrible situation thinking that somebody else is going to take care of it? No, stop and help somebody. I don't care if they're 
having a heart condition, having a heart attack, or if they just simply tripped or got knocked down while they were tying their shoe, help people be better, okay? In Jackson, Tennessee, the day after Thanksgiving in 2012, uh, a transgender woman by the name of Akasha Adonis and her mom were assaulted by other shoppers as soon as store personnel unlocked the doors to a Kohl's. Adonis and another woman were hit by an assailant who pulled out her hair, and most disgustingly, the suspect put his hand in her mouth and tore three of her teeth out of her head, breaking her jaw. As Adonis laid on the floor, Cole staff reportedly greeted other shoppings until a woman called the police. I am not sure if that was a targeted hate crime against that woman, or if it was just Black Friday craziness, but absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable, especially for the employees to continue on greeting customers. It, it makes me sick, to be honest. This is why I'm not a huge fan of Black Friday. Okay, moving on. For some Black Friday shoppers, a bargain may be worth trampling an 11-year-old girl. In 2013, Black Friday at a new Boston Walmart became a nightmare shopping event thanks to out-of-control customers. It says, although HIPAA laws prohibit the release of the child's name, it was confirmed that an 11-year-old female was trampled at the scene. The injuries landed her in the hospital where she was transported and later released. Luckily, the police were quick to respond. The first call of a trampled child at Walmart came in at 7.56 p.m. and they were on the scene by 8.01. I'm glad that that was a quick res response time, but an 11-year-old. I have an 11-year-old. You best believe I'd be throwing punches if they knocked down my child. This one starts, Welcome to Muskegon, where every Black Friday the locals swarm stores and stampedes. Evidently, it doesn't matter who is in your way, even a teenage girl in Walmart. On Black Friday 2011, a Walmart supercenter became the scene of minor injuries for just such a teenage girl. While there were rumors that she had been attacked, the truth was that she was knocked over by people rushing to the electronic department sale, and then they stepped on her repeatedly. A TV's not more important than a human. Anyways, it seems like the saga of madness trying to get into a store will never end. On Black Friday in 2005, the people who waited in line for hours at a Florida brand smart instinctively formed a frenzied group mentality once the store opened and used the force of a hundred people to push themselves into the store en masse. In the rush, there was no mercy shown, not even towards senior citizens. One 73-year-old woman claims that she was knocked down and stepped on again and again, and there was nothing that her daughter could do to help. I just... See, this is why I don't understand Black Friday. What would possess you to push your way into any sort of store to maybe save a couple bucks on something? Makes no sense to me at all. Paulo Alto's saddest Black Friday came in 2013 when a man was held responsible for the loss of his two daughters. 48-year-old Arvind Tandell had spent the night with his wife and four daughters shopping for Black Friday fun. The four children were squeezed in the back seat that fitted three and two whose lives were lost by not wearing seatbelts. The family's Lexus SUV took a hit for the worse as the dad was operating on only three hours of sleep. This heartbreaking family tragedy led to the misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter charges. So that's awful. They were just trying to have a good time, but car safety is still important. But I can't imagine the pain of that father. 
Southern California is known for being the land of the chill, but this was far from the case in 2008 when a Southern California Black Friday event landed in an intensely upsetting fatalities. At a Toys R Us in Palm Desert, families heard the horrifying sounds of shots being fired in an extremely crowded store. Two men were shooting at each other. Whether it was over toys or personal matter remains unknown, but both men met their demise at each other's hands. And that is just a scary thing that happens way too often, especially in this country. But to think that it could just be over Black Friday deals on top of it, just, oh, I don't even understand. I can't wrap my head around this, which you all know we've talked about that extensively on this podcast, how we get sucked into true crime stuff because we just can't wrap our hand around it and we want to try to make sense out of something. And like to the, to me, none of this makes sense. None of None of any of this makes sense. It's just shopping. I don't know. And here's another one. Just before 2 in the morning, Black Friday shoppers got into a fight in a parking lot of a Walmart near Oakland, California. And does it say what year this was? 2011 is what it says. Okay. The San Leandro customers were confronted by multiple suspects who wanted their items, and they ref- and after they refused, one of them pulled out a gun. While one suspect fired, wounding one of the victims, another suspect fled the scene. The suspect was detained, or one of the suspects was detained, um, and, and the gunshot victim was taken to the local hospital. It makes me sick, to be completely honest. If you thought any Black Friday experience you had was beyond ridiculous, just consider yourself lucky no one perished. Sadly, that is exactly what happened in 2008 at at a Long Island Walmart. First, a few facts to convey the severity of the incident. Over 2,000 people forced their way into the store five minutes before they were scheduled to open. The store never, in fact, officially opened. The crowds opened the store themselves while chanting, push the doors in, and that they did, knocking the doors off their hinges and effectively... Basting it apart? I don't know what basting is. Sorry. It was rumored that the employees all of a sudden had to make a human chain to slow down the crowds that kept pouring. This did not work as the crowds ended up reading... I think it's supposed to say creating. A lethal Red Rover situation and in the rush trampled a 34-year-old temporary employee. The crowds also knocked over the other Walmart employees who were trying to help the man each step and push pummeling the downed man further. When police and paramedics arrived, people continued to push past them, and when the police forced the store to close, people kept pushing past them. The excuse the overeager shoppers gave was, I was in line since Friday morning. Y'all. I don't care how long you were in lines. I've had to wait in long lines before, and you know what we didn't do? Storm the store. Oh my gosh. Absolutely drives me insane. In 2011, the Los Angeles Police Department went on a hunt for a woman who took Black Friday to the extreme. In order to beat the crowd and get more merchandise, an unknown woman used pepper spray on over 20 shoppers. A hundred people waiting in line to snag a Wii and Xbox. Pushing and shoving had become tradition when all of a sudden pepper spray was in the air. Customers coughed and itched as the woman practiced what the L.A. fire captain called competitive shopping. Y'all, come on. Also, it seems like a lot of this list is from, like, 2011. It's like, was that just an insane year for Black Friday? 
because this this ranker list is from August of this year, 2022. So why was there so much happening in 2011? Was that just a crazy year or something? I know they weren't all from 2011, but it feels like a lot of them actually were. Speaking of, here's another one. In 2011, Black Friday had a bitter moment when a Target employee drove her car into a 20-foot deep canal. The woman, who was 36, had just come back from working the night shift, lost control of her car because she was so exhausted. She wasn't able to swim, but she was able to call the cops from her cell phone. She and the car began to sink when Palm Beach County police came to her rescue and got her out of the canal. The car accident landed her in recovery, which a Target spokeswoman wished was speedy. And that right there, let's go back to retail workers, and that's how... There's a few more on this list. I'm not going to read anymore because I've got another story to tell. But right there, this poor retail woman was exhausted. So that's another reason why Black Friday should be cut down or spread out, however you want to send it to make it easier. Because that could have ended up a lot worse than it did. And I hope that that lady is okay now, 11 years after the fact. So yeah, that is our horrible Black Friday stories. But um, before I hop off of here to let you guys get back to your holiday weekend, I thought I would leave this episode off with a Thanksgiving story. And, um, of course, today we know that Thanksgiving is a time to come together with your family, whether that's your blood family, family you've created out of friendships or whatever, and you're supposed to be grateful for all your blessings in life and feast and just have a good time. And maybe even go shopping after the fact without trampling people. But we all know the truth of Thanksgiving is not quite so sunshiny. And it has kind of um, been, I guess, ignored for a long time, like a lot. But um, but I did want to give this haunting tale that is actually out of St. Augustine, Florida. Which I know we usually think pilgrims and Plymouth with, and all that. But this is... um what is potentially argued as like the actual first thanksgiving between the spanish settlers and the timucua i am so sorry if i said that wrong um but because the spanish settlers were in saint augustine before the pilgrims came and there was a catholic mass followed by a feast and like all that like there's more history there which is why it's being argued that it's the first thanksgiving and you can read up more on that actual history in the link in the sources, but I just wanted to give like a little insight on the paranormal side to get some paranormal into this primarily awful true crime based episode. And this, uh, I'm just reading from the website that's in the, the show notes. With such a long and complicated past, there is no shortage of restless spirits in St. Augustine. From haunted hotels to pirate poltergeists, and perhaps everything in between, there is not a square inch of the ancient city that doesn't hold some sort of vestige of people that came before us. Considering so much haunted history, it would be hard to believe that some of the some vestige of the first Thanksgiving hasn't been left behind, or even attach itself to one of the many locations that are still tied to the holiday roots. Well, maybe it has. The settlers themselves that participated in the first Thanksgiving may not haunt the city, but the descendants of the Timucua, which once greeted them in peace, certainly do. Despite friendly relations during the first mass of Thanksgiving, it wasn't long before the Spanish's relationship with the Timucua began to sour. Proof of this fragile relationship still stands today in the form of the Castillo de San Marcos, which was not only built from the labor of the Timucua, but at one point served as an internment prison. 
internment prison for those who would not concede to Spanish rule. Not that not just the Temecula either, but Seminole, Apache, and many others as well. Because of this, many Native lives were lost at the Castillo, a lasting reminder of how the first Thanksgiving, as well as the values it tried to represent, quickly disintegrated. A theme that would, unfortunately, plague out again thousands of miles north of the pilgrims of New England. Of the Native American spirits that are left behind, a grim reminder of many tribes' dis disintegrations at the hands of plague, wars, and the Spanish, the most well-known linger in the Castillo de, de San Marcos itself, only a few hundred yards from the first Thanksgiving. There, the spirits of Native American men call out from jail cells and torture chambers of old. Some even speak of Seminole chief known as Osceola, I'm sorry, about the pronunciation, who wanders the grounds at night and has even been seen jumping from the rampart, ramparts, perhaps still hoping for freedom. It just goes to show that, while St. Augustine may have been the home of the real first Thanksgiving, it came at a cost and one that we are still paying for, this, for to this day. So whether it was the Pilgrims in Plymouth or the Spanish in St. Augustine, what is important is understanding the truth behind this complicated holiday. And on that note, listeners, if you're listening to this episode while you're out doing your Black Friday shopping, I hope you stay safe. And to everyone else, I hope you have a great holiday or week if this holiday does not apply to you. And until next time, listeners, stay spooky. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ghosts in the Attic's Bodies in the Basement, a Fearscape Media podcast. Music by Stephen Timperley. Artwork by Laura Ramsey. Find us online at fearscapemedia.com forward slash GABB podcast or on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GABB podcast or email us GABB podcast at gmail.com. Thank you.